You're listening to the Two Man Weave Podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. The Two Man Weave Show runs live every weekday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. All right. This is the Two Man Weave. Welcome. My name is Michael Rappaport. I'm in here with Kenyon Martin. Yes, sir. It calls the Two Man Weave. Confrontational too. Yes, sir. This is. I think. I think we've had some fantastic shows. I have a feeling with the energy, the guests, everything that's going on in the basketball world and the world around us, that today is actually going to be the best show. I believe so, man. We got some some great topics to speak on. Some some exciting things happening around the game of basketball that we're both excited about um, personally and. In the NBA, and we've got some good guests coming on today. I'm excited. Good guests. Good guests. Uh, yes. The first one we're going to have early in the show is a guy that doesn't need any basketball introduction. Kenny Anderson, the great Kenny Anderson, who I believe is still the leading high school player out of all of New York, Georgia Tech, icon. Um, he's got a documentary about his life. Yo, the dude's had a crazy life. He's 47. I've known Kenny Kenyon. Since I'm 12. Lifelong friend. And I had an epiphany mm-hmm. when I met first Kenny Anderson first. We're going to get him on the line mm-hmm. shortly. But the epiphany was this, that I was not as good as I thought I was. No. So I was at this place in Manhattan called the Madison Square Boys Club. Um, down there playing. You know, thought I was all that. It was big, left-handed. You know, which was a good thing. Left-handed yeah. when you're young Def- was like yeah. a big yeah. asset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it definitely was. So this kid comes over in a pair of... Chuck Taylors, some droopy socks, not on purpose. It wasn't a style yeah. thing. And he had a runny nose. And also left-handed. And I didn't find that out until later <laughs> on. But, yes, and also left-handed. He says, you want to play one-on-one. Now, Kenyon, at this point, I might have lost a few one-on-ones, but I, it wasn't a common thing. Because yeah. you, you know you're playing against kids that are 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. And if you're good at that age and you're lefty and you're bigger than people, most of the time, and, you know, when you're young, one-on-one means a lot to you. Definitely. It's everything. So I'm like, yeah, I'll play you. You, you, you got a snotty nose, literally like the <laughs> yes. snot coming out of your nose. Like, like get yourself a tissue. Yeah. You, you, your kicks are busted, and, and your socks are droopy. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah, I got you. And it was Kenny Anderson, and he beat me so easily <laughs> in that game. He's playing around with me. He's doing, like, throwing it between my legs, around my back. And then he said, after the first game, I'm like, let's play again. He said, all right, now I'm going to use my left hand on you. He was only playing with his right, and he was 11. I was 12. That's how good he was at that age. That's what's up. Like, everybody was aware that Kenny Anderson was going to play professional basketball. So here we have on the line, friend of mine, icon in New York City, icon in the basketball world, very, very, very good NBA career, has a documentary open up, my man Kenny Anderson. Mike, man, what's going on? Kenny, you're on the two-man weave with me. <clears throat> Kenyon Martin. What up with your boss? Yeah. What's up, my guy? I'm still mad I'm at good, you, man. man. We lost to y'all in the in the conference finals when I was with the Celtics, too. Hey, and hey listen, man. Now, but you was a baller, man. Much hey, respect. man, we Much had to love, get that man. bump, man. Hey, we needed that. <laughs> yeah. Yo, your old stomping grounds, you know what I'm saying? Too bad y'all yeah, couldn't get yeah. it done in Jersey. Your old stomping grounds, man. Kenny yeah, A., man. I know you don't have a long time with us today, and you know I want the full Kenny Anderson you got a documentary yeah. about your life. 
yeah. called Mr. Chibs, which was your nickname that was very New yeah. York centric. When, when you became Kenny Anderson to the, on the national stage, like that was sort of like every now and then you hear that. But that was your nickname growing up in New York. It's opening on the 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's opening this Friday at the IFC on 6th Avenue, which is right across the street from the West 4th Street cages. The film is playing in New York for a week and then it'll open in limited release across the country. Kenny, I was just telling Kenyon about the first time I met you, and I know you say you remember, yeah. but you would bust everybody's butt. So I know it didn't mean as much to you as it meant to me, but it was a wake-up call to me. How you feeling about this, Doc? How you feeling about where you are in your life, my friend? Oh, I feel good right now. You know, after retiring, you know, um, playing 14 years in the league, you just try to figure out what you're going to do with yourself. And then, you know, it was the, like documentary phase and 30 for 30 and all that. And my friends and everybody was like, yo, Kenny Anderson, you got a story, man. You should do your doc. And I thought about it and, um, you know, I talked to my wife. But she was like, if you're going to do it, you got to open them. You got to be real. And, um, you know, I, I think since my mother passed in 2005, that's one of the reasons I did the documentary. If she was living, I probably wouldn't have done it. Mm. Um, it's just real deep, man. It's just uh, about... Being that prodigy, that child prodigy coming from New York City, all the obstacles I had to overcome, you know it might better than anybody. And, um, you know, just uh, just wanted to let everybody know how I came up and, um, you know, uh, what I had to go through to, 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 to get to the NBA and then after the NBA. So it's a real live, uh, real truthful documentary, but it's done with class, you know. Well, you, I, I saw the film, Kenny, and you know, I, I was very—I got to tell you—I was—I was surprised how vulnerable and how yeah. honest it was. You know, and, and, and you know, like, you know, everybody knows about you, you, you know your, your comings and goings and the highs and lows of, of your life and your career. And, and I was proud of you, and and I was—it was brave to sort of put yourself out there and put your life out there. You know, the good, the bad, and the in between. So, so I definitely recommend people check out Mr. Chips in New York City. Right across the street from the West 4th Street Cages, which, in my opinion, Kenny A., is the most overrated basketball court in the city. Now, when yeah. we grew up in I'm New York City. I agree with you on that. <laughs> break it down, Kenny. Don't you think, like, yeah, I mean, I obviously, I'm not going to say dudes can't just, play it's there. Too small. It's too small, but it's, it's crazy, man. It's just, it, 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 it's just too small, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of guys balled in there. You know, um, you know who used to ball in their recipe? Anthony Mason used to go crazy in there. Mm. He used to just like just bully ball everybody the West Fourth Street. But uh, it's a, I think it's overrated. But it's uh, one of those playgrounds in New York that you know that's the one of the reasons that's made me ready for the NBA. Uh, uh, yeah. All over every every barrel had playgrounds in New York that was, was ballers that could have made it but didn't have the self discipline that went to the street, but. Playgrounds in New York was fierce, man. You know, when I watch basketball now, um, Kenny, um, I try to compare certain games and certain people that's playing right now. And the closest I see to you coming up right now is Kyrie Irving. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you got it in. So who do you see yourself in um, that's playing now? I think you said it, but I think he's – he was a better finisher than me and maybe a better three-point shooter. I was pretty streaky. I didn't shoot the three a lot. But Kyrie Irving, I think uh, Brandon Denning has a little bit of me, Chris Paul. Um, Those guys are awesome, man. And it's it's in the golden ages of point guards. Uh, Russell Westbrook is awesome. 
Um, um, Damon Lillard, I love, I'm a big fan of the NBA, Uh man. uh, Okay, I got a second part to that question. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, little big man is just killing everybody. He's awesome. He's a beast. I got a second part to that question then for you, Kenny. So in this NBA, what would you average? I'll probably, I'm I'm an easy, I'm an easy 2010. You know what I mean? Easy 2010 because I might shoot 12 free throws. Yeah. I think you're selling yourself a little short, brother. I'm saying, I think you'll go a good, <laughs> good dub five, man. Yeah, but you know, hey, you know, man, and I, and I say this to my son, you know, this, this, the 90s and how we played was very physical and you had to earn every point. Now it's fan friendly. It's kind of soft. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, on yeah. That? yeah. Everybody's hugging it out. I'm saying everything is a hugging moment. I'm saying everybody, everybody, you know why, everybody's though, right? friends. You know why, yeah, right? saying, everybody's everybody's you know best man. You know why? Everybody getting more money now. Everybody happy. You know what I mean? It's a billion dollar business. The revenue is great. It's just it's, it's, yeah. It's nobody's fighting for jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, everything is given yeah. to these guys. So I'm with you, yeah, brother. One thousand. Yo, Ken. When when you were coming up in in New York City, yeah. Before you was Strickland. Pearl, yeah. Mark Jackson, Kenny Smith, you know, and then, I mean, I'm, I'm just, those are just the, like the main guys, but you know, honestly, the, you, you were the guy like, you know, in, in your yeah. era, but who, who were the other guys in New York city, the name brand dudes that were your sort of rivals that people might remember that, that, you know, may or may not, may not have made it to the NBA or may have yeah. in the tri-state area. Who were the other guys that you were like, okay, I got to tighten you know up. The guy, you know, uh, Bob Hurley, he's in my documentary. Uh, Adrian Audrey Red, he's a mm. he's a good assistant coach at Syracuse. We battled out. Uh, who else? It was a, it wasn't that many. Um, summer league, man. A lot of guys uptown played with the guys. You know, Carlton Hines. Mm. You know, what I mean, rest in peace. He's a killer. He was yeah. on his way to Syracuse, but he chose to go the street route. Um, uh, man, Malik Sealy, rest in peace. He was a mm. baller. Went to Talent Time. Went to St. John. Um, you could you, yeah, Conrad McCray. Uh, went to Syracuse, uh, went to Brooklyn Tech. He was a straight baller. It wasn't that many tight guards in my era, but it was some good players. It's a lot, I, I can't forget Lloyd Sweetie mm. Daniels. He was the man. He was the guy. He was awesome. So, what, what, what was so great about him? Because the thing about Sweetie, and I, I know he's got a film coming out, is that yeah. at the time there was no cell phones and it wasn't better or worse. Yeah. So we're talking about old school, good, new school, whatever. But like for me, when, when, when Lloyd would come to the park, you'd hear like, yo, he was just here. He played one quarter. He scored 26 <laughs> points and left. Yo, yeah. he was just here. He played the second half. Yeah. He used just his right hand because I believe he was left-handed. He only <laughs> shot threes. Like how good was Lloyd when, when he was in, you know, at that youthful stage, like when you guys were, were you know, in the streets and like, you know, you guys you know. were the kings of New York. Yeah, yeah, we were. You you know who he was exactly alike? He's a magic he was Magic Johnson. Mm. But with a jumper, with a jumper, straight jumper. Magic could shoot, but not like, you know, off the dribble and all of that. You know, Lloyd was like a freak of nature. He was like six eight, six ten. He did everything I did in, 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 at six ten. He, he he was awesome. He saw the court, he rebound, he assist he went, you know, he had a hard life. He went through the drug thing and all that. And you know what? He still happened to make a, a stint in the NBA playing with the Spurs and the Lakers. When he was made it, I was so happy for him because he did reach his pinnacle. He did put on the NBA jersey, and he played in the league. So it was crazy how he had to he, – he made it. He made it. But the route he took was very difficult. 
Yeah, he made it into the NBA after being shot. Like that was crazy, man. Like he's like a dude yeah. that was meant to play pro basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was awesome for, for him to see him make it. Well, I know you got the screening of the film in New, uh, in New York. Again, it's called Mr. Chibs. It's at the IFC Center on Sixth Avenue, right there in the heart of Greenwich Village. I, I really strongly suggest everybody gets out a chance to check and see, check check out and see it. It'll, it'll remind you of a, of a greater yeah. era. Uh, in, 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 in basketball. My final question to you before I let you go, and I wish you a, a, a great night. I know the people in New York are going to love the, love the film. Why don't we have as many players that we used to in New York? Like, we, you used oh, to yeah. be every okay. single year, yeah. this one, that one. You know, there was the high-brow nose, the, the high-brow dudes, the, the lesser-known dudes. What happened, Kenny A? I think, um, you know, no more mentors, number one, good mentors, and then the environment. I think a lot of guys are doing different things. Um, you know, especially going into the music business and environment. They're going out of New York, they're going to prep schools, and then they're getting themselves together. But nobody's playing ball no more like we used to. The summer league is not the same. The parks is not filled up in the summer. Um, not a lot of re- not a lot of leagues. Um, you know, we used to have citywide, Boys of Yesteryear, all type of uh, Elm Corps, all type of leagues. You could play, wind up playing in the summer four or five games a day. But right. it's not like that no more. And then it's the, 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 the circumstances. A lot of these young kids growing up, you know, in um, one-parent homes, and they're just difficult. And um, they, they have to go to prep school, and then they, you know, something happens where they mess up, and then they come back. And it's just it's not, it's not structured no more the way it used to be. Different era. You know, the whole generation now with this uh, social media and everything. All right, Kenny A., yo, we're going to let you go. I, I really I wish you luck with the film. I want you to continue doing this stuff with the media, yes. with the broadcasting, you, you you know, I know you know the game as well as anybody. Yeah. You're an icon. You mean so much to so many people, you, you know, Thank coming you, up. Man. You know, I was I was watching it happen, and, and, and you know, it was a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and, you know, you're my man. 1982, 1983, Madison Square Boys Club. Uh, you, you told him I crossed you up, right? I told oh, yeah, him. He told me the story, Kenny. Yeah, yeah, he told yeah, every me, Every time brother. I tell my son when I see you in a movie or something, I'll be like, yo, that's my guy. I crossed him up. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him you crossed me up, and you had a runny nose. It was yeah, like it was you like know that, right? All my nose always <laughs> run. I was wilding up. I was naughty nose kid running around. Put that ball in the basket. That's all that matters. Yep. Yo, yep. Kenny, oh, a, en- enjoy yourself. Have a great night at the, at the show tonight, and yes, I'm gonna sir, keep man. encouraging. Congratulations me. on the doc, man. Yeah, yo, thank you, man. Kenny, much love and respect, man. Love, brother. Keep doing. All right, my man. All right. Later, Kenny. Later. All right, that's Kenny Anderson, man. That's a good business, though, man. That's, ain't nothing like having lifelong friends, man, that you can still contact with and be around and classic stories to share from childhood and things like that, man. That's that's awesome. Well, when did you know? Like, you know, I was saying about Kenny, it's like it was very – and he also was a guard. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you grew, you're tall, so it's, it's probably a different experience or maybe yeah. not. But, like, you knew. Like, I swear, no bull crap. Like, you knew Kenny Anderson was going to play in the NBA. Yeah. I, I'm not bull crapping you at 12. Like, he could handle the ball, like, like for freaky. Yeah, I believe it. You know what I'm saying? You can tell at Georgia Tech and when he got to the league. You know what I'm saying? You can tell early on, man. He's He was good for a long time. Were you good at 12? Were you athletic? Like, when did you become, like, where, you know, people where you stuck out? Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I was always athletic, um, run and jump fast. Um, yeah, my, my skill set didn't come really until I got to college a little bit. Um, I was always as Always athletic, always played hard. Um, I always stood out in that aspect because I was gonna, I was gonna do what I did well. Right. Each time I stepped on the court, I was gonna do what I did well. And then just getting to college, man, being I have the opportunity to go to Division One, 
Um, and just got better each and every year. But um, there's some guys you can tell, and there's some guys that's that's lifelong dreams of theirs to make it to the league. And, and but and then their talent tells you that they're going to make it as well. You and just then, could you tell you could tell yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, certain guys you can actually tell. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure that was Kenny's thing. You know what I'm saying? He was pretty good. Were, were, were the other dudes like in your in your uh, uh, high school class? Mm-hmm. Who were the most impressive little guys? Like you know that were coming out you know in your 11th, 12th grade year before you 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 played at college. Um, Oh, we had a five five nine guy on my team that could bounce. I mean, get listen, get off the floor with mm. the best of them. Mm. Um, it was small guards that I grew up around. Uh, they were pretty good, man. But nobody who I thought had the chance to make it, right? And, and like in that aspect, um, there were some guys who were like, oh, he's talented. Oh, he can play. Oh, he can jump. But 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 no guys that that put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain guys when I was a little younger. Um, Dude, who I might have thought of doing, oh, I'm doing named Damian Calico. Um, he was like he was a little older than me. Uh huh. But just watching him play, I was like, yo, this, he the truth, right? You know what I'm saying, but he never, um, he never panned out for him. But um, guys like that in my neighborhood, um, it was a lot of, it was a lot of talent in my neighborhood, but none of the guys really panned out. All right, this is the two man weave. <clears throat> that was uh, Kenny Anderson again. The, the name of the film is Mr. Chibs. It's opening in New York City. Um, but we are in the mix. Of the NBA playoffs. We're going to be breaking down all the games tonight. All the games from last night. We're having a few skinny genification moments of the of, of the week. Of the weekend. They're coming from left and right. All I've, over the place. They're all over the place. Coaches are saying them. <laughs> Coaches are doing it. Fans are doing it. It's out of control. We're going to have Damar Johnson on the show. Part of the big three. NBA vet. We talking to him about the big three draft, his team with Allen Iverson, the shenanigans that were going down in Vegas. <laughs> it was a good weekend down there, right, Kenyon? Yeah, no, it was great, man. It was it was it was competitive. Guys got something out of it. Um, we had a good time, man, just being around the guys again. You know what I'm saying? It was it, it, it was very nice, man. It was a nice, it was a great environment at Cube and Roger and, um, and Jeff put together. Um, it was great. Yeah, I mean, it must have been fun for you because. You know, whether you're you're friends with dudes or you know dudes, you played with dudes, played against dudes, like it, it was like you you knew ninety five percent of the people there in yeah. one capacity or the other, right? Yeah, definitely. You know I'm saying this guy that you've been around. Um either played on a team with, played against, been around at some some function or some NBA event, something. Um yeah, you know all the guys pretty much. Um some guys better than others. Um but we all pretty much get along for the most part. All right, this is the two man weave. We're gonna take a break. We're coming back with Damar Johnson. Later on in the show, we have Rex Chapman. We have basketball games that are going on tonight. Uh, if you could call them that, the Raptors and the Cavs is a professional basketball game. It's a second-round matchup. It's the second game of a second-round matchup of an NBA game. Uh, the first game was not much of a competition. And we have the Rockets and the Spurs, which I think was an amalgamation. I'm going to have two NBA guys here. I'm going to field them questions. And, and they're going to give me the answers, okay? Because uh, what I saw from the Rockets and the Spurs, I think it's just like a one-and-done thing. Uh, the Raptors and the Cavs, I don't know if Kyle Lowry is going to need another decompression moment. <laughs> but I have a feeling it's coming if they don't get it together. It's a two-man weave. My name is Michael Rappaport. I'm in here with Kenyon Morton. Yes, sir. A.K. looking for that bump, looking for that action. We got Damar Johnson. McDonald's All-American, sixth pick in the 2000 NBA draft out of the University of Cincinnati. Two University of Cincinnati dudes. 
are on the show right now. It's a two-man weave. Now it's a three-man weave. I'm playing point. Damar, how you feeling? Feel great, Mike. What's going on? Everything's good. Damar, let me ask you a question. When is the first time you met Mr. Martin here, Kenyon Martin? On my visit to um, to University of Cincinnati, um, coming out of high school, went to my visit, went to practice. I mean, I've seen him play on TV plenty of times, um, but my first time meeting him was during my visit. And, and what was your impression of, of him in practice at Cincinnati? The same impression I got by watching him on TV, being a, <laughs> being a mean bully. <laughs> goon, goon-like status? Yeah, that didn't just start in the NBA. That, <laughs> that's something that's been there. And, and Kenyon, when was the first time you saw uh, DeMar uh, play? When did you guys meet? What was your first impression? Um, I heard about him before I met him. Um, they told me um, they had a kid coming in that was um, top player in the country, 6'9 um, guy. I'm like, oh, we got another big coming in. They were like, no, nah, he ain't no big. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, no, nah, he can go. He can shoot it. He's a, um, he's a guard. And then they were telling me that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that, he was uh, he just coming to college just because. I'm like, what you mean just because? Like he's supposed to go to the league. I'm like, yeah, he was. Oh, he could have went to the league last year. I'm like, what you mean last year? Like, yeah, he could have went to the league after his junior year in high school. I'm like, he like that. That was his reputation. Yeah, that he could have went to the NBA after his, his junior year in high school. Man, I was thoroughly impressed. Um, I, I hadn't seen him play yet. Um, did he come on his visit? Um, skinny kid, six nine, my height. Um, Tim's on Coogee bandana <laughs> on his head. Um, I'm like, oh, this, oh, it's this kid. Mm. No, I didn't know nothing about it, man. But his first practice, man, he was. Um, I saw he could do it, man. Um, playing open gym and stuff like that, and he good as advertised. So, yo, Demar, that's real. Like people were talking about going into the pros right away. Yeah, after my um, after my junior year, I had to actually say that that wasn't something I was going to do because people were asking about that. So how, how does that work? The people are asking about it, or are, 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 are like uh, the the San Antonio Spurs calling your house? Like, how does one? Now, obviously, you went to Cincinnati for a year, but how does one go from high school to the pros? Like, what's the process? Like, what's going through your head? You, you're 16, 17, 18 years. You start thinking about playing in the NBA. This is ninety eight, ninety nine. Um, yeah. Well, well, ninety eight, ninety nine was my senior year. In um ninety seven ninety eight was my junior year. So what were you scoring seventy six points a game? Nah, it wasn't even like that. It was just all my points just just looked good. It was like skilled points at that time. It wasn't six nine guys like me who were bringing the ball up the court and crossing guys over and shooting thirty footers and dunking on guys stuff that guys my height were were playing in the post. Right. And so so what was so your decision to go to Cincinnati? Did you get offers from all the colleges? Early on, I, I did, but after a while, colleges started falling back because they nobody thought I would go to the to college at all. So, so all the colleges really it was like <clears throat> no no need of wasting their time. And so, who are the other? Uh, you were McDonald's All American. Who 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 is uh, the other All Americans in your class uh, at, at that year? Um, well, Jonathan Bender, who actually came out of high school, mm-hmm. he, got the, he got the MVP of our game. Okay, um, guys who are. It's crazy because the the best guys had the best careers in the NBA wasn't even McDonald's, which is like Jamal Crawford and Joe Johnson. They were my year. They didn't make McDonald's, but um, Carlos Boozer was my year. Mike Dunleavy, <coughs> um, Jason Williams, who, who ended up uh. in her um, that year. Um, Satterfield, um, Capono, 
Nick Collison's still playing. He uh-huh. was my year. Um, um, a bunch of guys. Most of them. Most of them went pro. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Right. Jason Capono. <laughs> Yeah. It's a deep draft, man. That's yeah. a deep. That's a deep high school class. It's yeah. crazy, man. Yeah. And and you're you're from the D.C. area. D.C. has a long legacy of ball players. Right. Remind the people who are some of the like top five, six of all time, D.M.V. D.C. area basketball players, and why they got so many ball players come out of there. Man, I don't know. Um, it, it's hard to it's hard to to <clears> name <throat> five or six because you got your older guys who were before my time. You got. Elgin Bellis from D.C., Dave Bing, and them guys I didn't see play because they were a lot older than me. I, I grew up watching um, guys like Lawrence Moulton, who was out, you know, the big three, um, Walt Williams, um, Moochie. Got, I grew up watching, you know, Moochie Norris play who was out there. Um, Steve Francis came a little a little before me. Um, a guy named Kurt Smith who's probably, he might be one of the, the top names out there who didn't make the NBA, but it's funny because Kenny Anderson was just on here. We all... No, Kenny was one of the best high school players ever, and Kenny and Kurt played in the Capital Classic game together, and um, Kurt outplayed Kenny. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's a big thing in D.C. where they like, you know, Kurt Smith outplayed Kenny in this game, and he should have been in the NBA, you know, and, you know, he never made it, and Kenny's this great player. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I, from what I'm learning, you know, it's, it's not just about talent. It's timing. It's luck. It's yeah. politics. It's the situation. It's the opportunity. Yeah. Um, all of that plays a factor. It, it, it does, right, Kenyon? I yeah. mean, it's not like just like, oh, you're great. Yeah, because everybody, could, a lot of people play basketball around the United States, around the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? And there's only a certain, minutes, um, <laughs> certain amount of slots in college and the pros, you know, right. here and abroad. You know, so it's just one of them things where right place, right time, right situation, right need for a team, right. I'm saying you never know what the situation could be, but it's a lot of different factors that plays in the guys making it or not making it. Yeah, man, I watched this. He's five eight. I watched this guy score like sixty on Steve Francis in the, in the summer league game, and this was in Steve's prime. How, how good was Steve coming up? I, I we didn't. Steve came onto the scene late. Steve didn't really play high school basketball. Steve, um, he you know something. I think his mom passed. He never played in high school. Then he went to a JUCO, came back and, and went to Maryland. When I heard about Steve, there's a guy named Greg Jones who was Mucinola's backcourt mate. And me growing up, Greg was six two. He had like the best crossover scene in my life, and yes. you know he was he was amazing to me. And, you know, as as a young kid, I'm thinking Greg's going to be a pro. So I hear that some guy beat Greg in one on one. I'm like, no way. And they say the guys like Greg size and end up being Steve Francis. Then uh-huh. I seen Steve like a year later. I'm like, oh okay, I get it. All right, so I met you this weekend. We were down there at the Big Three. They had the combine. They had the draft. You're on the team that I think is going to have like the the sort of it factor being Allen Iverson. Right. Okay. If you're not familiar with the big three people, uh, this is a professional three on three basketball league. The idea was spawned by Ice Cube. Kenyon Martin was first man in. Allen Iverson, and since then the list that has grown of 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 the the players, the captains, and the coaches were Shard Lewis, Mike Bibby, Chauncey Billups. Uh, a guy named George the Iceman Gerving. You may or may not have heard of him. If you never heard of George the Iceman Gerving, listen, I'm trying to bring business to tune in. Tune in. But if you never heard of George the Iceman Gerving, just change the channel. <laughs> Charles Oakley, Clyde Drexler, Rick Mahorn, Rick Barry, and another guy named Julius Irving. You may or may not have heard of him. Uh, Brian Scalabrini. He's my nemesis, Demar. He's got. I got. I got, I got a problem with Scal. <laughs> He he wants to be me so bad. He he doesn't know what to do with like when I see him he just he gets in a frenzy. Okay, but you Kenyon, 
uh, Rashard, all the teams picked their picked their, their, their they had a draft, and I'll let you guys talk about it. You know what was you know you guys were at the combine. You you already were on teams, but we had dudes there that didn't get drafted. Yeah. Real dudes. You know, I, Steve Francis's uh, struggles since he's left the NBA have been public. But beyond Steve Francis, who was at the draft, you know, there was Smush Parker. There's like Joe Smith. Do you know Joe Smith, the rookie of the year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's number the, one pick. Number overall. one pick. Yes. Very good career. Yes. Long career. Well, what was you guys' impression of. Seeing these players essentially not try out, but sort of like, sort of like, yo, I'm still in shape. I'm still ready to play. What were your takeaways from that? What was the thing that stuck out the most? And then I want to go into how you picked your teams, your crew. Um, um, for me to see the guys compete the way they did, uh, for not seeing some of the guys for a long time. You know, some of the guys you hadn't heard about have been around or, or seen what they were doing with their lives since um, they left the game. And some of those guys still in shape. Um, either they been playing for a long time still or or tried to get in shape um, specifically for the, um, the Big Three Combine. And um, I was impressed the way the guys competed. Um, competed, um, they were fighting for a spot. It, it looked like they cared, it looked like they knew what was at stake, uh, and then they approached it that way. Literally fighting for a spot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some guys was out there scratching and clawing in, in order to try to get them spots, man. And it was, and, and, and it was, it was one of them situations where you was happy to be a part of it. Jamar? Yeah, it was um, guys were in better shape than, than I thought they were. Some guys? Yeah, some guys. I'm going to say some guys. Some guys. Like, got some names that I've seen, I'm like, man, I haven't seen this guy in years. Um, and, and and even the guys, they were, I felt like I've gotten older, and these guys are way older than me, and look like they still be in great shape. But that it was kind of hard for them because they only get, like, four minutes to play, and guys are out there following each other. It's kind of hard to really tell who, who can really do what. But there were some guys who... I thought, you know, Dag, if I was them, I'd be pissed that I didn't get dry at the polls with some guys who did. Who 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 was your your sort of like I mean you your picture crew, you have the Allen Iverson wasn't there. Okay. Right. We're gonna ho- hopefully Allen Iverson will be there uh when the games start. Everybody wants to see AI. He means so much to so many people. He's a man of mystery. He's iconic. Your team is Andre Owens, Michael Sweetney, former Georgetown big big man, and Ruben Patterson, uh who, you know, got busy. Who was on your list? Of people that you were like surprised that didn't get drafted overall, like who were you most surprised just by performance, not by name? Because again, mm-hmm. a lot of people ask me on social media, Steve Francis, and Steve Francis wasn't ready to play at that level. No, like Steve Francis, like I don't think he, I don't think he expected it to be what it was. So who, who was your like, yo, if if I like if if free agents or somebody gets hurt, then you know someone didn't get drafted. Who stuck out for the people that didn't get picked? Really surprised, surprised Smush didn't get picked. I'm surprised, too. I'm surprised um, Moon. Yeah, Jamario Moon. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't get picked. And um, Gennaro Pargo. Right. Gennaro plays. Yeah. Yeah, and these, this is, you know, his, his kind of game. He's a one-on-one player, and it's three-on-three with all the space in the world. I'm, I'm really surprised them guys didn't get picked. Yo, I'm not a basketball expert. But, Kenyon, I want to throw this at you in terms of this three-on-three. Yeah. Three. Yeah. The thing that, that surprised me, and I, honestly, there's mm-hmm. no hand-checking and all that, but I think they're going to have to figure it out because for the big men, number one, I think you guys are going to be, have to work the hardest because mm-hmm. there's no cutting through the lane. There's no picking. There's no – it's just you and another big man. The spacing's going to be so wide on the court. There's The rules are different. Like, I'm like, yo, that you guys are going to have to be in big shape because it's like wrestling down there. Well – I have an advantage for a lot of the bigs that we're going to play against. 
I'm quicker than most of the bigs that we're going to play against. Right. You know, so I, absolutely. So yeah. that aspect, I, I think I have an advantage, and I don't mind wrestling and all that. But like you said, yeah, um, it's going to be a little different game for the bigs. Um, I think guys pick bigs to to be the scrappers, be the rebounds. They need a hustle guy. So I think that's why certain bigs got picked. You know, um, so in order to fill the roster out, I don't think um, you could have got anybody just fill the roster out. But I think the bigs are going to serve a serve a purpose. I'm um, saying in the three on three. I I totally agree. I totally agree, but but I mean, but do you know? Did you notice that? Because, you know, we want to see physical. There's no hand checking, yeah. but I was like, yo, these dudes are like, like this is like it's gonna be. It looked exhausting. Oh yeah, no, you gotta be. Listen, you're gonna have to be in shape because basically it's it's three on three basketball, but it's it's one on one basically. Right. So you gotta be able to defend. You gotta be able to score one on one. You gotta be able to understand what the situation was going on. So it's a lot that goes into it, not just. Um, running around. You know, Mike, they, they are allowing hand-checking. I know, I know. Did I say they weren't allowed? no hand-checking. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I, that's what I meant. I, yeah. I, I brought it up because they are allowing hand-checking. Right. And, you know, like, it's like, yo, it's real. Like, like yeah. we're seeing it up close, and there's so much talk. Like, you know, you were talking to Kenny Anderson earlier. Mm. Hand-checking this, this era that, yeah. that era that. You know, the hand-checking. Explain in, in, in basic terms what is allowed now that they're allowing hand-checking in the big three, which is sort of grown man basketball. So what, what does that mean to be able to hand-check when you're guarding a wing guy? I cross you up, you're allowed to do what? You're like, first of all, you're like, yo, Mike Rapp, that's an ill cross. And now I'm going past you, you're allowed to do what with hand-checking? I'm allowed to put my hand on you and basically move you off the spot that you're trying to get to. And in the NBA right now, they're not allowing that at all. That's back in the day, Derek Hopper just got his hand on your, on your waist He's basically controlling where you go. Definitely. You do that in the NBA now. It's called. It's called a foul. It's, it's, it's a foul. Yeah, yeah, it's a foul. Yeah, yeah. But what's the foul? What's the foul? Touch it, foul. Is it? It's what's, a touch foul. Yeah. It's just it's a touch foul. Whatever it is, it's a touch foul. That's it's, it. Yeah, like 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 you said, Derek Harper used to get his hand on your hip and guide you. You know, certain guys that was good on the ball defenders, they put their hand on it like and just guide you where they want to go. So you can they fight through screens. You can't go where you want to. Certain guys. So it's sort of like. Playing post deal a little on the perimeter, you know, because you get to do um, use your hands a little more. Right. Kenya Martin, myself, Demar Johnson, we're in here. We're talking NBA playoffs. We're talking Big Three. The first skinny genification moment of the week comes from a man who's been coaching for just over a year now, Ty Lu. He just said. This guy's got, this guy's got. We call uh, we call them onions. He's got onions. He said coaching the Cavaliers is the hardest job in sports. You're bugging. Let me let me tell you something. Ty Lue, coaching the Cavaliers without LeBron James is going to be the hardest job in sports. Come to New York, go to Brooklyn. You want to talk about? It's the hardest job in sports. You've been handed the keys to a playground. That has a pool, it's got a zoo, it's got fountains, it's got cotton candy. Coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers, you took over the job while they were still in first place, is the hardest job in sports. You want to come coach the New York York Jets next year? That's a skinny genification moment of the night. Ty Lue. The blood of David, the blood of David Blatt is still spilled throughout the streets of Cleveland. You're going to complain about it's so hard to coach the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's the it's the hardest job in sports. 
Go to Brooklyn. <laughs> go to an upstart team. See what it's really hard. You got the whole thing handed to you. Yeah. Uh, well, what is this to, talking about, this uh, guy? Yeah, I compared. I told him, nah, you want a. Like, Try coaching the Philadelphia 76 for the last few years. I think that was part of a hard job. Sure, try coaching um, Kenyon Martin's Denver Nugget crew. Oh, yeah, that was a hard job. Uh, <laughs> that was definitely a hard job. Um, I get it to a certain degree um, that no matter what he does, good or no matter what he does, somebody's going to have something to say. You mean like me? Yeah, no, no, not, not even that aspect. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's one of those things like if he wrestles LeBron, somebody has something to say. If he plays LeBron 44 minutes, they have something to say. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those situations, I think. But I don't understand it. Like, like I told people earlier, like I don't. He's not walking in or quitting, so the job ain't that hard. Listen, yo, it ain't that hard. That's my thing. Um, I get it. He, he he feels scrutinized and and his job is being minimized because LeBron is there. That's right. You know, so as it should be. I get it. I I understand where he's coming from. I wouldn't have voiced it. Right. You know, if, even if that's the way you feel, I wouldn't have voiced it. Right. Because you're going to get exactly what you're getting right now is, I dare you. Like, you got the best player in the world. Like, how, that, that job can't be that hard. You know, you know what he's getting, Kenyon? He's getting the skinny genification moment of the night. Definitely. That, that, that's, what, that's what you're getting, Ty Lue. And I know you wear your suits three sizes too big. You're not fooling anybody. Okay? <laughs> but next time... You show up to a game, just slap on a pair of skinny jeans with some built-in holes. DeMar. Um, I, I agree with Kenyon. Um, that, that's not an easy job. I don't Why? know if it's the hardest job. Just ask David Black that question because he <laughs> took a team to the finals, lost two of his best players, and, and, they, and they, um, they lose. Then the next year, he's like 30 and 11. He's still top of the division, and they fire him because the pressure on that job I mean, you, you got to deal with all these egos. You got to deal with LeBron. You got to deal with Kyrie and, and Kevin. And it, it's, it's just not an easy job to do now. I'm sure a lot of people would love to have them problems. It's not like, like you say, being in New York, where you got the pressure and you don't have the talent. You know, he got the talent and he has the pressure because he's going to get none of the credit and all of the blame. Tomorrow, you said fired. Who fired David Blatt? Who fired David Blatt? We listen. We could talk around it, point fingers. Oh, I just work here. No, you don't just work here, yeah. LeBron James. He's anything. Oh, I just a guy. I just, just show employee up. Employee number twenty three. Huh? Yeah, they just they just oh they fired the coach. Wait, no one told me. Really, nobody told you that they were firing David Blatt. Nobody, nobody. The idea just came out of out of out of thin air. You guys were leading the league. Had the best record in the league. It's not like they didn't inform James Jones. I'm pretty sure, like, <laughs> if James Jones would have been like, yo, they didn't inform me, everybody would have been like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't inform you. Yeah, you're not getting any information. <laughs> but, LeBron, you didn't just get the information. You created the plan. Okay? He, he, you know, you know what LeBron James did, Demore? What did he do? You know uh, the Godfather Part Two when, when when they planted the gun? In the pizza shop, in, the, in this pasta shop, and then Michael Corleone, Al Pacino comes out. LeBron planted the gun. Okay? <laughs> he might not have been Michael Corleone because he, he had somebody else do the dirty work. He put the gun. He was Salazzo. No, not Salazzo. I, my godfather names are a, a little foggy right now. But he planted the gun in the restaurant. Okay? So why, why did he plant the gun? When He's LeBron were... James, man. You know this. Why did he plant the gun? Because he didn't like him. He didn't want him. Whatever. That's He's entitled to that. But, yo, just stand up and be like, yo, it wasn't working. I didn't I think, think it was, it was a... the personality. He, Blatt's personality. Yeah, I, I, more than anything, um, 
I think that has a lot to do with it Explain. because they were winning. You know what right. I'm saying? They were winning. Like you really don't know the person. Like he come from a, a different culture. Yes. You know what I'm saying he's been over there doing it a certain way. Been he's been the man over there winning championships instead in the third. And I think it was something that they wasn't expecting. Yes. Because you, know? you don't win one season and have a winning record the next season. Like you went to the finals. Like so, like Demar said, two of your best players get hurt. You make it to the finals. Still had a chance, you know. Still had a chance, but yeah, it was competitive. Yeah, and then you come back and you're in first place, and and then you get a man this pink slip. Pink. I, and I think I think that has a lot to do with why T. Lou said what he said because he don't know he might have to go in that restaurant one day. <laughs> and, and he, regardless of you know what he does. He could try to challenge LeBron. He could try to let LeBron yeah. do what he want to do. Good luck with that. Exactly. He knows so, what to say and what not to say. So, so how does how does he approach a situation where he should be the leader of the team, but he's not? Ah, I like it. I'm reading right between the lines there. <laughs> Basketball fans, before and after the games, catch the NBA on TuneIn Live with analysts Antoine Walker, Rex Chapman, Karan Butler, Corey Maggette, and Will Perdue as they take you around the league with postseason analysis, interviews, and previews on upcoming playoff games, catch NBA on TuneIn Live weeknights from 5 to 8 Eastern, again at midnight, weeknights on TuneIn. All right, so since these guys are playing, since they're playing good, yeah. DeMar, Kenny Martin, do the Raptors have a chance to even make this competitive? What, what, what happened game one? Do you want to... <laughs> I, I I I let Demar give you a a real answer and and, and a well thought out answer and, and I'll I'll keep my sh- shenanigans and my thoughts next. Go ahead, Demar. Uh, um, <laughs> I thought I thought Toronto would have had the best chance of um of beating Cleveland. I told Coach Lewis a few weeks ago. I said with Toronto, you know, getting Ibaka and they they. They they just a little more tough for them. I thought Boston that game in Boston in the regular season when they went in there and beat them by thirty when Boston was, you know, when they needed that game, they really kind of, um, you know, took the heart out of Boston. I thought Toronto would have the best chance, but Cleveland that don't mean they're gonna win. I just thought they had the best chance. Cleveland they they're a tough team to beat, especially at home, and everybody got to be playing well. What 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 is the what 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 needs to happen with Cleveland? Uh, 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 I'm sorry, with Toronto to make Game Two competitive because I, I like last year, Kenyon. Like when they, I think they what was it three one at one point or three zero or some craziness, and with the with the Kyrie with the decompression, then they figured it out, and then they pushed them to seven Game Seven. They won easily, but anything could happen in the Game Seven. What what can and I know it's only one game. What can Toronto do at this point now to sort of regroup so this thing doesn't get out of hand and out of hand fast? Because tonight, even if they lose, this has to be a competitive game. You said what can they do? Yes. Are you seen Celtic Pride? Yes, sir. What happened to Celtic Pride? What did they do? Uh, they kidnapped the player. Only shot. Okay. The only shot they have of winning. They kidnapped LeBron James. Okay. <laughs> Let's say they're not going to win. What do they have a chance to make it competitive? Like to make it a series, so they like, cause you know what, Kenyon, yo, if they don't, if they don't make this series something, like, what's the point of keeping this Toronto team together? They ain't winning, or is it just like we just everybody has to wait it out in the East until LeBron go, goes in uh, retires? Is that is that the way our our team's going to be blown up because he's that good, or or they go okay, well we have to do this because it's like the Pacers now Toronto's better than the Pacers, but it's like all right that didn't work. The Clippers, it's like okay that didn't work. 
You know, you either gotta be like, yo, we gotta wait till this guy retires. We have good pieces here. We got Serge Ablaka, we got Kyle, we got Demar. But they have no one to deal with LeBron James. Does anybody? Uh, yeah, but I don't think there's nobody in the East mm. has anyone to deal with LeBron James. You know, that's nobody in the league, so to speak, but especially no one in the East. You know, I can't see anyone in the East a personal matchup or or whatever it might be. Um, and he's put the talent around him. You know, LeBron went to management and let him know what he needed in order to make this thing work and moving forward. And they put some pieces there right now where I think um, they can get it done in the East. You know, um, it was a little, it was questionable the last two months of the season how they were going to show up for the playoffs. But as we can see, they played five playoff games and won five playoff games. You know, so we shall see. I think the series is going to be more competitive than we've seen game one. You think? I think tonight will be a better game. And I think, I don't think the series so. will be pretty competitive. Why do you think it will be better? Um, just like the game with, with the Spurs. I mean, they've been resting for a while. Um, they came on with a lot of energy. Um, and I think Toronto's a better team than what they played. DeRozan could play right. a lot better. But right. what I saw in the game plan is they're not letting Kyle or DeRozan play. And that's not going to change. What do you mean, not let him play? They double-teaming Kyle and DeRozan off each pick and roll. They're putting two on them. You know, they're putting two on them. They know what DeMar want to do. They're not letting them go right, left, pull up, and all that stuff. they Making it tough on him. If they give him anything, they go give him a three. Mm. I'm saying because he don't want to shoot threes. They know he want to get to the basket and shoot his pull-up. So they're putting two on him. They're making Kyle go backwards. I'm saying Kyle made a few plays on the course of the game, which he's going to do. He's a great player. But they're making it tough on him. You know, and I think they have a game plan that I think can work. You know, they're cool with Ibaka being the leading scorer. <coughs> right. Know, I'm pretty sure they, if he's out there making jump shots and threes and all that, they're giving him that confidence. I, the, I, I think they'll live with that. Mm. You know, it's not DeMar DeRozan going off getting – 35 and Kyle having 28, you know, it's not that kind of situation, you know. And then I, I don't think they have enough over there. I'm saying I like Corey Joseph, I like uh, I like Ibaka, uh, Valachunas didn't really give him nothing, um, you know. So they have pieces, but I just don't think they have enough. Demar, um, we're gonna let this guy just just take away. I, I want this series I, to be competitive. <laughs> I mean, I say I, I, I need something to root for because I want this guy and his team. Yeah, I want see, them. Oh, See, I got don't know. It's the first time on the show. I don't think you know the way he feels about LeBron James. Like he you calls heard? him LeBron blames. Okay. You know what I'm saying okay. so. He don't like he he wants LeBron to lose at all costs. Yes, okay. you know no matter who it is, he wants him to lose. I have a Toronto's Raptors jersey in my house. I put it on every game. Like he had a the Pacers jersey. Yeah. He, he wore doing that series. He yep. got a Toronto jersey. So wherever they play next, he go out that one. I got a Celtics and I got a, I got a, a, a Bullets jersey. I call them Bullets. A Wizards jersey on deck for for the, for, the, for the Eastern Conference Finals. You should have just stuck to getting a, um, a Steph Curry jersey or something. Man, that, that, that right. might be the next time you see <laughs> him lose a series. But I, I do. I am sticking with because I like I thought originally. I do think that the Raptors series would be you know the toughest one for them. I'm gonna stick with that. All right, that's fair enough. Um, I'm going to go to the second skinny genification moment. What we got, Mike? Oh, you're going to like this one, Kenyon. This one really pissed me off. Yeah, let me hear this one. The Bucks lost to the Raptors. That last game. <coughs> was that game seven? It was game six. Very, very competitive game. They came back from the depths of the depths. i never seen this in professional basketball. Maybe, maybe it happened before. But the Bucks fans... <laughs> started cheering USA, USA, 
USA <laughs> against the Raptors. And I was like, you guys, you guys are so dumb. This ain't the Olympics. This ain't the World Cup. I don't know what, what kind of, I know it's the beer capital of the world, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're cheering USA at an NBA game. This ain't the Olympics, Milwaukee. Your whole team is foreign. Your best players are foreign. Okay? They're saying that Jason Kidd may be foreign. And you're cheering <laughs> USA, USA at a Toronto basketball game with the Milwaukee Bucks? Didn't make any sense to me. Oh, petty. No, 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 no. I mean, this is like, who are you? Like, cheer, Milwaukee Bucks. That doesn't really rhyme good as USA, USA. But, I mean, this is the NBA Finals. This is the NBA Playoffs. This yeah, ain't, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. What, what do you come up with I, something I, else? I, I don't know where that, where that come from. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> who led that cheer? I was about to say, who started the chant? Listen, you know, fans don't use logic, Mike. No, I know. <laughs> I'm going to segue into this in terms of fans and logic uh, to finish out on this next segment. Um, the Boston Red Sox, forgot the, ca- the kid's name. What's the kid's name? Adam Jones. Adam Jones. Yes. Playing the outfield, getting peanuts thrown at him and said the N-word. People have come out saying this has happened all the time. This is, this is my suggested solution, and then I want to ask you guys what you think about this and if, if this has ever happened to you. You call a guy something that's out of pocket. The fans around you should point you out. You should be pleasantly escorted onto the field. Camera in your face. What's your name, sir? My name is blah, blah, blah. We put the name, everything up there. You get in front of Adam Jones. There's a police officer there. Adam Jones has a minute. To do what he wants. He might want to hug you. He might want to pray for you. He might want to smack fire out of you. And then after that, you're walked back to your seat. <laughs> so, so you're shamed. So, so, so you're, you're, you're shamed out of your sick, racist, twisted things. The fact that people go to sporting events and think they could talk greasy, crazy to people. Forget, forget what it means to the person who, who's being called. The people around you that are civilized, that they have to be subjected to this when they're going to a baseball game, a freaking baseball game, the animals. And I was going to say this has to do with Boston, but I'm not going to single them out because to me it's so disgusting that people think that they could be out in public amongst thousands and thousands of people and they could say that and they're not shamed publicly. Like, get these people's faces, get their IDs, plaster them on the front of the Boston Globe, plaster their faces all over Twitter. So there are people that were, and you should be shamed out of it. Because you know that, Adam Joe, like, you know one's going to kick their butt. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But we should know who they are. Yeah, definitely. should definitely put them on blast. Um, full blast. Full yeah. tip, full tilt blast. Yeah, because like, when we do something, that's put on blast. That's so, what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's... The game should stop. Yeah, it's just one of these situations, man. That's unfortunate um, that I'm hearing it's not the first time it's happened. With this person or at this game? Or, or at this arena or at this stadium. Oh, no. I'm saying that this, they say this is, like, I guess is what, it's 60, 62 African-American players in, um, in, um, in Major League Baseball? Right. And I guess they have conversations amongst their group about what it's going to be like when they go to Boston, you know? So this is like, I, I've been hearing this all morning. Now, this is what I've been hearing all morning, that th- this goes on there, you know, and it's, it's sickening. 
And we can't think all of the fans. Yeah, there. not at all. Not at all. There's a certain few um, because you don't want to paint everybody with a broad brush. You know what I'm saying? You can't do that. But like you said, those select few people feel they can go to these events and and spew these things, man. And and people around them should, like you said, should hold them accountable. You Point know, them out. Definitely. Like, and bring them onto the field. Yeah, like you should definitely hold them accountable, man. They should be banned from any sporting events. They should be. Publicly shamed? Yeah, definitely, man. It's just, yeah, it's, it's sickening, man. But am I surprised that it's still going on? No. But it's unfortunate. It's unfor- very unfortunate that it's still going on, man, in 2017. But they're out there. Yeah, oh, they're out there. They're out there. They're you know, out there. Trust and, me. and part of me, and I want to hear your thoughts on this, part of me likes that people reveal themselves. Because I'm like, I, I kind of like, oh, that's cool. So that we we know the playing field. Like, okay, this is what, but this person, they should, like the next time this happens and it's going to happen again, they should, they should be held accountable right there. You played in Boston throughout your career. What's the worst thing in any arena? What's the, like, the like well, have you ever been like, oh, worse than DeMar, you suck, your team sucks, oh, you stink, your armpits stink. Do they, do your armpits stink, DeMar? Because I read something. No, you didn't read that. Okay, <laughs> but 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 like, if what, what what city or have you ever had an incident where like your head turned and it was beyond just a fan hating you because you're on the other team and you you you're shooting well? No, I've I've, I've never I never had that at all. I've never heard about things or seen it, but I've never been been through that myself. Um, yeah, I spent a little more time in Boston than he did. Um, so, not the N word, right? Um, that night that I didn't hear it, uh, probably didn't pay any attention if it did at the time. But no, they, they get brutal. The tone of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's beyond sport. In Boston. Yeah, it's, it's definitely beyond sport in Boston. It's, it's Boston and Utah are some probably two of the craziest places, word, like things that's been said. No, but definitely Boston. We played them in the playoffs a couple right. years when I was with the Nets, man, and and we were beating them, so you could could can only imagine some of the things and that were being said, you know. And then um, my teammate Jason Kidd at the time was going through a little domestic situation. Oh right, L- listen, they <laughs> were know? going nuts, oh, right? Un and then his, and at the time his own oh, his right. wife came to the right. game at the time, man. And they said to his wife and his I kids, just, right? Yeah, I just was like, why is she in this situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, why invite, Like, why allow her to come here, you know, and, and subject herself to this kind of <clears throat> torture? Because that's what it was. Right. Like, it was bad, you know. So, but no, it definitely gets bad in Boston, man. Um, having, I haven't experienced that level of of disrespect or, or, or racism, bigotry, whatever you want to classify it as. I haven't experienced it to that extent. But it's definitely still going on, man. Apparently it is. This is the two-man weave, talking about the Rockets, Spurs, talking about the West Coast matchups, the East Coast matchups, talking about the big three. Later on in the show, we got Rex Chapman. They call him Sexy Rexy. Sexy I, have, Rexy. I have no idea why they call him Sexy Rexy. I don't think that was a, a, a nickname that was actually earned. I think it just sounds good. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Kenyon Martin, having a great time. <laughs> Lamar Johnson, we're in here talking NBA, talking life, love, and the secrets to happiness. We got a phone call. Want to talk about the Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards series, which, I mean, we don't need to go into uh, Isaiah Thomas and, and, and the performance that he's made. And in my opinion, 
uh, uh, the choking that the Washington Wizards have made. You know, I'm so stuck on still calling the Washington Wizards the Bullets. <laughs> it's just, you know, I, it, I never really was accepting that change. And it's also it's like I say Bullets. Uh, that was what I grew up on. Um, you guys are playing, um, the Wizards are playing well. Um, not well enough to win on the road. Um, you get, no matter how you start the game, is everybody knows how you finish it. I just think it's it's one of those situations to where they they relax and I think they realize that they think they're better than they are on the road. And Boston just keeps playing. Yeah, they they got they got to finish these games. Um, yesterday, um, I felt like um, Bradley missed a free throw shot that could have potentially won them or could have won them the game, but um. They starting off great. They they had the game the whole game yesterday, and they just they know that fourth quarter is the time where Isaiah Thomas really starts to take over, and the guards are shining down on him right now. Yeah, and that's why. And your um and then Scott Brooks needs to do a little bit of coaching in this situation. Um, what do you think he's not doing, Kenyon? No, no, it's just that situation yesterday. Um, the guy got it going a little bit. You know, you know the fourth quarter is his time, and he got it going a little bit. Do something different. Um, you can't give great basketball players a steady diet of the same thing. They're going to figure it out. You know, you're switching the pick and rolls. You're not, you're not double teaming. You're not, um, you're not making them get off the ball. You're not posting them up. Listen, he had two fouls in the first quarter. Early in the first quarter, he might have ended the game with two fouls. Mm. It's not a fact. I don't know for 100%. He might have ended the game with two fouls. Right. How? How? Right, you he's five nine. Put him in situations, man. Listen, you have to do different things. Listen, he's good offensively. <clears throat> he can't score without the ball. Right. <laughs> I've never seen anyone do it. Nope. It's, I I don't. Except the guy on um um above the rim. That's right. the only guy I've ever seen score without the ball. <laughs> but <laughs> so take the ball out of his hands, man. Um, but yeah, especially the fourth quarter. Yeah, you got to start chopping them screens. Yeah, you got yeah. especially him in them situations. Man, you yeah. got to make him do something different because you, if you just somewhat hedging or you switching the pick and rolls, he's going to figure it out. He's too good. The the the, the performance by Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, has been outstanding. But the Celtics overall, obviously, they're up two zero. They they were down, trailing heavily in both of these games. Is it? The drama of Isaiah and the performance of Isaiah, or did they just do what they're supposed to do? Like Ken, you said, look, they're supposed to win their first two games at home, or will that change when they go back to Washington? Because uh, those first two games easily could have, uh, you know, the Wizards, in my opinion, something didn't. They weren't able to close. So, yeah. so what's going to happen the rest of the series? What, what do you yeah. predict's going to happen? Um, I think if, in, in order for you to be considered an elite team or championship caliber team, um. If you're up double digits on the road, you have to find a way to win. You know, the first game, okay, I get it. You get up double digits again in the second game, and you like you can't let the same thing happen to happen in game one. You know, um, so I don't think that Washington is championship caliber right now. Um, but but like you said, all all Boston did was take care of home court. Right. You, you know, they started series at home, and that's what they're supposed to do. Um, if if Washington could have got one of those games, then the series would have been a lot different going down there. You know, you got to look at it different. But now, now all Washington have to do is go home and win there too. But the situation is, you have to win on the road to win this series if you're Washington. Right. You know, that's the that's that's the nature of it. Right. You know, so you let two golden opportunities slip through your fingers. You know, you're up double digits in two the first two games, 
you have to find a way to win one of those games. They're calling this series chippy. Isaiah Thomas lost a tooth inadvertently. Otto Porter, I don't know if he busted his nose, busted his tooth, busted his lip. Uh, and then we have our Markeith Morris. And I wanted to get your take on this, gentlemen. Uh, one of the uh, Morris twins who, when they were playing together, I believe, in Denver, they shared a bank account. They have the exact same tattoos. Uh, they love twinning, as they say. Uh, Markeith Morris uh, is, you know, I liked it last year when he was on Detroit and he was talking greasy to Cleveland. He was talking to LeBron. I like that. You're 6'10", he's 6'9". That's good. You look ridiculous talking to a guy who some might consider uh, a little person. Isaiah Thomas might be 5'9", Markeith Morris. And and you're not just talking talking trash. You're acting like you want to do something. And, and I don't think you actually want to do something. And I always go, when, when it comes to basketball, the little dudes, the Muggsy Bogueses, the Earl Boykins, the Isaiah Thomas, I got money that Isaiah Thomas would swing first before you ever did anything, Marquise Morris. Because when you're a little guy like that, you're you, to me, you're nuts. Because the fact that Isaiah Thomas, Earl Boykins, uh, Chauncey, um, uh, um, uh, Muggsy Bogues actually made it into the NBA, that's that has less to do with talent and more to do with the mentality. You have to be nuts to be five seven. I saw Earl, Earl Boykins this weekend at the Big Three. Yeah. You would. If you saw him in real life, you'd be shocked. He's like 5'6". Uh, I don't think he's like he might be 150 pounds yeah, wet. No, no. he's 5'5", 135. Yeah. Right. Please. He's 5'5", 135. Okay, he might have gained seven pounds since he got done right. playing. It might be 142. Okay. Right. He's 142 now. Okay. So, so, so Mark Keith Morris, for you to be up in the face, acting like you're going to do something to Isaiah Thomas, you ain't doing jack bone. And if push came to shove, I don't think you would. I don't think you're really about that life when it comes to like. I think Isaiah Thomas would smack fire out you. I'm just saying, or he might <laughs> smack one of them tattoos off your neck. The point is, it's like yo, you don't get any merit points for talking trash, pointing in the face of a guy who's a foot shorter than you. You look ridiculous. If I were you, I would beg Scotty Brooks, please don't make me switch out on him, because I think he could tear an ACL. <laughs> Those switches out on him. He can hurt himself. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Go ahead. Well, them, them Morris twins from Philly, and, and they not soft at all. I don't think they, neither one of them are playing around when they, you know, when, when they, they talk tough because that's where they're from. Um, and Morris has been playing great. Yeah. And he's the toughness of that team. And as far as, you know, Isaiah, them switching on Isaiah – Leave that alone. Uh, well, why are they doing that? Is, they, is it a joke? Is it like? Is it like maybe he owes like somebody like an assistant coach money or one of the teammates? He like, yo, you owe me a hundred bucks, and this is how I'm gonna get back to you. To me, that's like it's like lacks compassion. Having him out there trying to guard Isaiah Thomas, especially the way Isaiah Thomas is playing now, it's like just just let him give the ball to the ref yeah. and take the two points. Well, yeah. What happens is if you swim, so I can. If you if you get hit with a with a good pick. And um, the person that sets the pick is a shooter. You you kind of got to switch at that point. Um, if if you don't have no rotation to the shooter, because somebody's gonna be open. I would rather the other person be open than Isaiah Thomas playing one on one with um any big. But yeah. that's something they gotta adjust. Yeah, yeah. There's a stat out there that he a certain a certain percentage that he going against Morris, and a certain percentage when he going against Gortat. Mm-hmm. You know, so they switching the picks regularly. You know what I'm saying? So that's obvious. So of his 53, he might have. 
twenty something was on those guys, you know. Right. So you like you putting those guys in a bad situation, right? You know, it's an impossible situation for Martin Gortat to guard Isaiah Thomas, like impossible, impossible. It's the same situation yesterday with um, um, Golden State and Utah. Listen, Gobert out there on an island with Steph. Yo, he had my man on a uh, uh, what do they call a it? Merry go round. Straight up merry go round. My man did a three. I never hey. seen anybody do a three sixty. Same thing like with James Harden. The same thing, man. You switching these guards with these bigs. Listen, they're gonna eat them for lunch. They yeah. lunch meat, man. And even when hey. Boston was missing yesterday, they getting offensive rebounds. Marker Smart jumping in there. Yes, he got to take it away. Offensive rebounds. Boston just played tougher. Right? Yeah, they played I, harder down the stretch. I think more of the Wizards players should play as tough as Morris played. Mm. Really? Yeah, I, I'm. Listen, you know me, hey. I'm with you 1,000%, brother. No, I like the toughness. I'm all for the toughness. But I just think the, I'll like, jibber-jabbering at, at, at Isaiah Thomas, and it's not like he's jibber-jabbering like they're going back and forth. Like, he's acting like he wants he wants something. I'm like, you're talking to the guy, the guy's 5'8". Like, what are you talking to him for? Do your thing. Talk to, talk to uh, you know, Avery Bradley. Talk to one of these other guys. Talk to Marcus <laughs> Smart. Talk to a guy who's over 6 feet if you want to get some merit points. Okay? That's just me talking. Okay? That's just me talking. You want some merit points from me, Michael Rapport? You need to talk to a guy who's at least 100 pounds within your weight class. This is the two-man weave. Um, we got a phone caller who wants to talk to us about, I think, the New York Knicks. Yeah, in. Ron from Baltimore. What up, Ron? How you guys doing? Um, we was a lot better until you um, wanted to call up and talk about the New York Knicks. Well, I'm depressed, Ken. You know what I mean? As you should be. <laughs> Just don't do nothing irrational, man. Please don't, hey, please don't let your happiness and um, well-being rely on the New York Knicks, man. Please don't do that to us. <laughs> I mean, man, since you left the team, Jason left the team. I've had no leadership. I mean, the only joy in life I get watching the Knicks is when you, when you were on the team. Well, I thank mean, you very much. That means a lot, Ron. I mean, Kenyon, when we signed you, I mean, my question is basically this. Okay. I mean, and first of all, I got beat up in school because I said if you guys won that Pacer series, uh, which still hurts me, I'm sure, but uh, I really think you would have beat the Heat. That's just my opinion, but nobody believes me. But, uh, I mean, my thing is, Kenyon, is there any hope? Um, Hope uh, is a strong word. Um, I think, man, the one thing that needs to happen, I think James Oldham needs to look in the mirror and see that Phil Jackson is not doing the job that he's supposed to do, that he was hired to do. And get somebody in there that actually cares about what's going on. Um, I don't think Phil cares about what's really going on with the organization, man. I think he's he was looking for another gig in order to have some sort of power, and that's what he's using it as. Um, but yeah, man, um, they have a few pieces that I think moving forward could work. Um, but there's a lot. Of, um, you, um, you guys need a lot, man. You guys are are paying some guys that a lot of money over the next few years, man, that's going to hurt you guys in that aspect. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just um, – I, I like Porzingis. Um, I like the young bigs that you guys have. Um, I think you guys yeah. need some younger younger guards because that's the nature of the NBA right now. You guys, bigs can spread the floor and make shots and they make plays for you guys. But you guys yeah, you guard – They need, to, they need to put your heart. They need to put yeah. your heart in these dudes' bodies. I mean, it's just yeah. – to me, it's just miserable to watch. I mean, they, they just don't give effort. I'm, I'm, I'm in the garden, and they just yeah. don't even run up the floor. I mean, it's yeah. just – Kenyon, they need to. They need you, man. I mean, you get on the coaching staff. I mean, it just kills me, man. And I mean, I really think you guys would have beat the Heat that year, man. Nobody believes me, 
but I re- you guys own them in the regular season. I, I, that's just my opinion, but it's just depressing, man. But you have yeah, a good Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, well, thanks for the love, Ron, man. And I've always brought my all, man, each and every time I stepped on the floor in the New York Knicks. Fans appreciated it, man. And I appreciate you for appreciating the way I played the game. Man. It means a lot. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Ronnie. I'm with you. And I think we got Rex on the line next. Don't we got Rex? Oh, are we ready for Rexy? I don't know, but 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 can you yeah, we, add, you you, yeah. you you said you were you said you you had a uh, something you wanted to bring up. You said, yeah, yeah, we had a third um, skinny genification moment. Um, we need to get some skinny genification moment of the week music. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna we, freestyle yeah, one. Yeah. Give it a yeah, but a yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, you can do the same that, dance that, 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 too. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, that dance. Okay, but um, yeah, um, close friend of ours. Yes, close friend of mine, ours in, in the room. Um couple friends of ours. Yes. They're part of the big three. I've um, yes. been knowing these guys for a long time. Okay. Um, one of us, um, we were rookies together in New Jersey, <laughs> Texas boys of mine. Um, yes. Our guy, Captain Jack. Yes. Al Harrington, Baron Davis, Jason Richardson, um, Azabuke, you name them, whoever. Yes. Whoever was on Baron, was on the um, We Believe team in Golden State. Yes. Our guys had a 10-year reunion last night. Mm. A 10-year reunion mm. of them beating the Dallas Mavericks in the first round. The, the reunion wasn't to hang out. It was to celebrate them beating. Yeah, they actually had them on the court at halftime. Okay. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, please go. Because, it, it, listen, those are my guys. Yes. Listen, those I are, love listen, that team. Yes, listen, no, me, listen, dearly, what are you celebrating, guys? Like, honestly, like, like, like you lost the next round. You lost the next round. Like, like you lost the next round, man. Like, I, like, and I love those guys. Dude, listen, any dark alley. Listen, if we're going to go play ball, I got them. If we're going to go scrap, I got them. Listen. How does that come to fruition? Hey, um, <laughs> hey, let me see. We don't have enough around this team. We don't have any stars like Steph. No one cares about him and Durant and and, and Draymond. He doesn't bring attention. No, no, and, nothing. Uh, you know, Clay just—he's mediocre. He, he scores sixty, eleven dribbles. Uh. 37 in a quarter, and I, I, all that don't matter. We don't, we, don't, we don't have really much going on here. We didn't make it to the last two finals. Ah, I got it. Let's have a reunion of the team, the We Believe team, that, yes, they gallant, gallantly beat Denver, uh, Dallas in the first round. I was at that game. I loved it. Yes. But you're celebrating that? You got other things to celebrate. Bring Rick Berry out there. Celebrate him. Yes. He's nuts. I love him. Run TMC, those guys. Bring my man Chris Mullen out there. I'm saying like they had great careers with those guys. They they put Golden State on the map, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like if you guys want to have dinner, that's fantastic. But uh, like a presentation to the fans. And put it. Listen, our guy put a video tribute together. Stephen Jackson put it like I was like, come on, man. Did like, you hit the Did you hit the captain? Nah, I, I I didn't know. Listen, I honestly didn't know that that's what they were going for. Ah. Uh. They told me they were going up there. I thought they were going to the game. Right. Just to chill. Go to the game. It was a playoff game. I thought they were, listen, I did not know that that's what they were going for, man. <laughs> like, Do you think that's worse than the Knicks celebrating the 99th, the 17th anniversary of going to the finals and yeah, losing? I, yeah, I think it's the same. It's, it's way worse than that. And you know what? This is the skinny genification. Yo, I don't want to celebrate your missed dunks. I don't care if you cross somebody over and missed your layup. I don't care if you made it to the finals and you didn't win. What? How are these things become things that you celebrate? Yeah, see, things like this will make me curse on the air, Mike. We're not going to do it. We're not. I'm not going to do it. But it, listen, like 
Come on, I, I, and it can make and, you see red. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, and these are guys who I respect. Yes. And for them to be part of our skinny genification moments, man, it, I hate doing it. it. It hurts my heart. But no one is exempt. Nobody's like, hey, exempt. Anybody can get it. Anybody could get the skinny genification moment yes, of the day. Definitely. Anybody could do it, and it's not just one. With like Adrian multiple. Broner say, anybody can get it. Anybody. We the can man. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Listen, hey man, listen. If my eighth seed New York Knicks would have beat your one seed Nets. Yes. And they called me <laughs> wanting to come back to celebrate that, yeah. I would have showed up too. You would have went? Hell yeah, I would have went. Why? <laughs> what else I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they shouldn't they shouldn't even they shouldn't even be getting together for yeah. a celebration. So that's just like them calling me and be like, okay, we uh, made it to the finals against the Lakers. <laughs> we got swept. <laughs> they should listen, do that. Hey, that's better than getting bumped hey, guess out of the what? second round. Guess what? Guess who won't be there? Mm. This guy. <laughs> this guy won't be there. What's that little app thing that they got? The little face with the the finger pointing at him? Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. Put my face on that one. I'm not going. It's All just right. about hanging out with your old guys. Yeah, hey, well, we you can, can do we that. Can do that. It's fine. It's fine. I get hanging out with your old guys. They could have sent all us an email. But don't walk on the middle of the floor. Not at all. <laughs> they could have had him in a suite up there, and it just could have been like a yeah, suite. Yeah, we thing. all came to the game. They, wanted us, they gave us tickets to the game. That's cool. <laughs> That's dope. But, but you're celebrating. <laughs> You're celebrating losing in the second round. All like, right. That's basically what it is. You celebrate losing in the second round. And that's not the Knicks. See, the Knicks, we have nothing to celebrate. We have to, like, hodgepodge. Like, okay, that team, they won that. Yeah, do that. Right. That one year. Yeah. They don't need that one year. You guys got better things to celebrate up at Golden State. Yeah. We got, we got Rex Chapman on the line here. Joining what us. Is, what's going on, fellas? <laughs> what a Rex. We were just going over the skinny <laughs> genification I heard moment. It. Uh, yeah, I was having I a heard moment. It. I, I was heard it, and moment. I heard my boy DJ. What's up, DJ? Rex, what's going on, brother? Man, I heard DJ. DJ didn't say one thing, and then he said, I'll show up. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have nothing else to do, DJ. No, nah, right? man, just to hang out with my guys. I won't miss that. I get it. I get it. What's going on, fellas? Skinny genification, huh? Yes. It's happening. It's it's, it's running wild. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wildfire. All, now, that, now, all, I know, all I know is they crack K in them. <laughs> he, yeah. He's trying to laugh right now. Does not Sounds want good. to. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. You know he's yeah. gazy anyway, DJ. <laughs> gazy. I told you what I did to them. <laughs> you sure did. Thirty six. Uh, you know it. And uh -huh. fourteen and six blocks. Ah, what's up, Mike Rappaport? Everything's good, man. We're we're in here. We're talking about the big three, which I, I want. I want to hear yeah. your. Unbiased opinion, uh, but but first before we go to that, um, Reggie Miller, who mm -hmm. you know obviously I, I like as a broadcaster, did, I hated him as a pacer. I, I did too. I hated him so much. I did I too. Like we're both we're boys now, but or we're we're good now. But uh, yeah, didn't we didn't care much for each other. Well, what what was he like to play against? Because he listening to him the other night act like the 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 the, the Spurs should just. Like go away and hide, and Craig Popovich was uh, befuddled and confused, and like I never heard somebody turn any broadcaster turn on the Spurs. Now I, I have no agenda with the Spurs, but he was like like the party's over. It's one game. But before we get into the the, the Rockets and the Spurs, what what do you remember about playing against uh, 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 Reggie Miller? Because he was a he was a really really good player, really good player. Um, it it was Reggie six seven. And, uh, you know, could run. He was a medium athlete, but, man, he could shoot it. Once Reggie made an all-star, we were a year apart. Well, we were 
a few years apart, but one draft apart. <coughs> and um, he uh, once he made an all-star team, though, oh, it was a nightmare because he got all the calls, too, then. So, mm. um, and, you know, Reg was a flopper offensively, like everybody was back in the day, AI, <laughs> myself. You got you got it. You, you, you guys know. But uh, he was tough to play against. He was an okay, you know, okay defender. He was long. Um, but, you know, Reds wasn't going to take you to the basket and try to dunk on you. That, mm-hmm. that wasn't his game. But a great competitor, really was. Now, him going off on the Spurs and Greg, that's silly. I mean, I mean, any, he was he dropped yeah. the ball on him. Yeah, yeah, come on. I mean, they lost one game, got shellacked at home when a bunch of shots went in. We'll see what happens tonight. Now, Different LaMarcus, story. yeah, LaMarcus, he, he's got to step up. But yeah. they all, yeah. they just got no, smacked in the face man, the other um, night. Yeah, no, LaMarcus is round one against Memphis and this round, man. Um, right. I don't know I what it is. But I think he's too big. Yeah, I, I just – I think he's getting exposed for what he yeah. is. What right. is he? He's a jump he, shooter. Yeah, and he can't, he's an outside and he can't guard. On, and he can't guard, and, and he's a perimeter player. He just yeah. happened to be 6'11". Yeah, and, he, you know, you know he, he doesn't put it on the floor like that. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Kay. I, but I think he's also – he's gotten too big. I don't think he's in great shape like he was. Uh, you know, he's like in the second year of a deal shape. Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> yeah, so but they, and this and they need him. Yeah, they like, need him. Like, like they need that scoring. They like, have eighty gotta, million reasons why they yeah. need him. Yeah, they need and you that know what? Scoring, I got to give it to Greg. Kawhi I can't do it, it by himself. Yeah, you're right, Kay. I got to give it to Pop or uh, to uh, Mike D'Antoni though. They're going to put him in a hundred pick and rolls. Yeah, because they keep gonna, switching it. Yes, they're going and they well, they got to do something else, but. He's just so bad, you know, hedging and, and trapping and blitzing and all that. Yeah, you don't so know if he's going to be a, Yeah, you tell him, go blitz it, and next thing you know, they've split it. Yeah, so, I just and you need him on the floor, but if he's not giving you anything on scoring. that end, then what? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Pop has not a decision to make. Either. Yeah, Pop has a decision to make, you know? Right. right. Um, but who do you play? You know, do you play the young guys in this situation? Which yeah. The experience of... You know I'm saying you don't know. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, but they tough. definitely need him in order for them to have a chance to win this series. He has to be better. Well, yeah, you guys, then, go ahead, go, go ahead, Kate. Go ahead, go, Mike. No, 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 no. I was just. Gonna, I, it's probably what you're gonna say. What I mean, in my opinion, listen. The Rockets came out. They made all their shots. The Spurs didn't. They got blown out. This is what happened in the series. I mean, I remember when I was a kid. You know, you'd see the Celtics play the Lakers, the Celtics play the Sixers. One team would lose by 33 points. The next game, it's like it didn't happen. People right. freak out now, and exactly. you, know, you, you can just run it in your head over and over. But what, what's going to happen in game two? Uh, like, it, this this series isn't over by any means, yeah. correct? Yeah, but no, I, I saw not. something. Uh, let me say that. I yeah. saw something, the first possession of the game, I'm saying, where Pop um, got after David Lee. You know, from mm-hmm. that moment I on. From that, from the first possession of the game, from that moment on, yeah. it just didn't seem like the Spurs were in it. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I've never seen either. the Spurs team look that way. You know way. what I think? What I think it was. Remember, we saw that game about a month ago. Everybody freaked out, and it was a great game. Uh, the Spurs and the Rockets at, uh, in San Antonio, and Kawhi just put one between somebody's eyes on one yeah. end. A three went down the other end. Fought over the pick and roll. Beat James. Shot up game over remember that yeah yeah I, and then everybody's talking about well Kawhi mvp and and all that well i think everybody started going look no they bought it they bought no the, the rockets can't play with the spurs because they and everybody was saying because Kawhi can guard james by himself come on come on i, I 
Kawhi's fantastic. Nobody's yeah. guarding James by himself right now. Yeah. You better have help with all them picks that are being set. I think the Spurs even may have, have fallen into that a little bit and just came out sleepy in game one. But yeah. I believe I have no reservations. I believe the Spurs will win this game tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can't see them losing two in a row at home. Not that, it's now it's trouble the if they don't. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Some smoke you know, in the city. Yeah, you know, guys like, yeah, Danny Green and them. Danny Green's got to show up at home because you don't know if he's going to show up on the road. He yeah. wasn't there the other night. She, all, all them guys. Yeah, if if it's one thing we know about Pops is he adjusts better than anybody. Right. Yep. And, man, can you know, we both yep. was part of a Denver team that went into San Antonio and won game one twice and mm-hmm. didn't win another game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lost 4-1 both times. I want to hear about all that. All right, all right. This is the NBA on TuneIn. This is the two-man weave. It's now the f- yeah. We almost have a crew right a four here. Four man weave. Yes. You got anything left in the tank, Rex? No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Demar Johnson, Rex Chapman, with Kenyon Martin and myself, we're breaking down the rest of the NBA. And I want to hear uh, Rex Chapman's unbiased opinions of the Big Three draft. Rex, I was down there in basketball heaven. Yeah. Okay? I-, I was going nuts down there. I got to talk to Dr. J. Harassing Rick Mahorn, Clyde Drexler, <laughs> my man Oakley was there. We have a kinship. I wish I had some pizza. I would like to have a slice of pizza with Charles Oakley, <laughs> the Iceman, Gary Payton, who, who just you know, like that guy, like he's just so shy. Gary Payton. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing to say. You can't ever pull it out of him. Right, right. Like uh, Joe Johnson. Another person I got to meet for the first time. I never met him before. White chocolate. Yeah. Jason Williams. <laughs> I can't, you know, I get so confused. Jay Williams, Jason Williams. Right. So yeah, I just, yeah. I, I'm sure like no one ever goes, hey, white chocolate. Like it's like, a, <laughs> it's like, a, it's an appropriate nickname, but it's not a nickname that rolls off your tongue. Right. Never met him right. before. So, so let me ask Good you a dude. question. I want to hear your opinions of these teams. I'm going to give them to you real quick. Allen Iverson is the captain of a team with DeMar Johnson. DeMar mm-hmm. was down there being the GM. Andre Owens, Mike Sweetney, Ruben Patterson. They are called Three's Company. The three-headed monster. Gary Payton is the, uh, the the sort of coach. Rashard Lewis looking in shape. Jason Williams, a.k.a. White Chocolate. Kwame Brown, Eddie Basden, and Mahum, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who was probably uh, the person that everybody was most excited to see because everybody was such a fan of him, and he sort of, he's on his own thing. Came out, was making shots like it was LSU days. Mm-hmm. Ice, Mike Bibby, Ricky Davis, they picked Maurice Evans, Maurice Branks, and Ira Johnson. They're called the Ghost Ballers. The Killer Threes is Chauncey Billups. They're coached by Charles Oakley. Steven Jackson, they call him uh, El Capitan. Uh, Reggie Evans, Larry Hughes, and Brian Cook. That's a nice crew. Reggie Evans is game ready, should be in the NBA. <clears throat> Power, Clyde Drexler, Corey Maggette, uh Katino Mobley, Jerome Williams. Uh, ruff, ruff. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson, very nice guy. When he played, he looked nuts. Uh, Moochie Norris, <laughs> a trilogy, uh, which is uh, Rick Mahorn. Love, I love Rick Mahorn, which is Kenyon's team. Al Harrington's the co-captain. They had the first pick. They picked Rashad McCants. Looks like Rashad McCants. James White, Deion Glover, Tri-State. The great Dr. J is the coach. Jermaine O'Neal, who wasn't there. Bonzi Wells, who looked good. I didn't see him play. Xavier Silas. Lee Nalen, Mike James, and then, of course, the Ball Hogs, a.k.a. Blame It on Scalabrini, coached by Rick Barry, Josh Childress, who wasn't there. He's playing overseas. It's going to still look like Josh Childress. 
Derek Bayers, Razul Butler, Ivan Johnson. What do you think about these teams, just on what I told you? You know all these guys. You know the players. What's your takeaway, yeah. uh, uh, Sexy Rexy? I, I looked at it. Uh, I, I'd been looking at it. And uh, I think I've got them ranked. To, well, my top four Ooh. anyway. Okay. Yeah, let's my, hear my this. top four team. Prohibitive favorites and the morning line odds. Six to five on the, these like guys winning, winning the whole thing. Don't let the names fool you, Rex. <laughs> With, uh, I'm not. Trust me. <laughs> Kenyon Martin, Al Harrington, Rashad McCants, James White, Deion Glover. I'm just surprised uh, with, with Rashad, y'all didn't ask Roy Brown to, uh, uh, Roy, Roy Williams to coach the team. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you know it's come up. Yeah, you know. But that team, come on. That, that team's nice. Now, DeMar, I got one question. Yeah. How big is Mike Sweetney. <laughs> sweet looks sweet, big sweet now. lost about eighty pounds from, from so three twenty. He lost a sixth grader. And he so still three twenty. Even when he was that big, like you no, know, he, he from DC, Mike was still moving that weight around. But he, he yeah, lost a lot of and, and he doesn't have to run up and down, right? He doesn't but have still, to run up and got, down. But he's got he gotta go against Kmart. Uh, he, I, I need I needed Mike Sweetney for like Reggie Evans, Kwame. I'm Brown, putting y'all at two. Al Harrington. I'm put no. I'm sorry. I'm putting y'all at three. Okay. Uh, okay. Three's company is third, and then I'm going. It's a toss-up for me between the monster monsters and the ghost. The monster. The only reason I can't go monsters is because Kwame Brown's not winning three-on-three tournament. Let me, let me just let me just say something. Rex. Come on. Let, yeah. let me say something in his in his defense, and 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 and, and Demar and Kenyon can attest to this. If Kwame Brown was in as good a shape as he was for the combine, he'd still be in the NBA. <laughs> was he in good shape? Yeah, he looked good. He looked good. Okay, he looked all right. Good, well, still, he's he on got a uh, he's on a what kind of diet is he? he's not eating uh, gluten. Gluten, and he was okay. very proud. He's very adamant about it. I'll say this about Kwame Brown: doesn't have a great sense of humor. Now I'm gonna say, yeah, he was, yeah. he doesn't really get any of the jokes, you know. Yeah, he, re he really didn't laugh that much. He didn't really. And, and you know what he did do? And you know, you, Ken Kenyon knows him better than I do. When he came on the stage for the draft, you know, because it wasn't like your normal draft. First of all, I was the MC, Rex, so you could just imagine no, I, I was I, snapping I was on great. people's clothing and stuff. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but Kwame came onto the stage, and the first thing he said was, "Yo, they were right there: Charles Oakley, Stephen Jackson." I'm coming after you. Y'all y'all supposed to be my people. You didn't draft me. It's on. I was like, all right, Kwame Brown. Again, if you had that kind of fight when you were in the league yeah, in this kind of shape, yeah. you might have wound up being <laughs> right. the Kwame Brown that we all expected you to be. Right. So 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 I have to say he looked he looked like he was he ready to play. Good. He looked the part. With, with hey. Kwame, it was always with me. It was runs like a deer, jumps like a deer, and thinks like a deer. <laughs> he, 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 Kwame's not going to read and react to anything in the three-on-three -three game. Uh, I can't go in. They're fourth. Yeah. I got, yeah, you know it, Kay. He might and, see uh, like a deer, too. He can't catch yeah. the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I, I'm going to go with the little guys next, though, the ghost. Mike Bibby, Ricky Davis, Mo Evans, Marcus Banks, and then throw in Ivan Johnson. But that, that that's how I would handicap them. But right now, Trilogy is uh, – you know, unless they get a, unless somebody's got to go to Germany and get PRP replacement on their knee, I think the <laughs> oh, trilogy man. get them. Nah, you never did. Listen, hey, one thing I noticed, hey, I get my man Honey Bum, my man Al Harrington, and listen, oh, drop a few pounds. Hey, listen, hey, 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 hey Al's no, the can't, no, three listen, on three can't nobody on that list 
guard out. Hey, look, Rex, that's why I had to pick Sweet, cause, man, because <laughs> I, I was just putting his big butt on hey, dudes, moving them around. That's why Al I might Sweet. be the ultimate. He might be the ultimate half court player. You why? Know? It's like why it, you say that? Just he's, a, he's just junk. It'd be like Sed Sabalos playing mm-hmm. in a three on three in his prime, or you know, mm. at forty. Sed could probably play right now. Y'all need to check on Sed. He plays all the time. But really? yeah, just like that. And Al's big, and he yeah. can shoot it. And he yes. can pass it, and he can post. Yeah, so so yeah. I got you, Demar. You don't want none of Al. Mm. Hey man, listen. <laughs> that Cincinnati gotta, come out. Yeah, yeah. You know, Al, Al got me about like sixty see, pounds. See, Al better not come out there. And yeah, try see, to when we play them, so he gonna put Rube on. So he gonna try to put Rube on. That's Al. right. Now I like you know Rube. I'm, I, I'm surprised y'all didn't get Rube somehow. Because if y'all had Ruben, oh, look out. Uh, if, no, like if, you, if either Ruben or DeMar, if you're on that, that would be unfair. Yeah, no, so, like, no, like Slim was my first. But like, I asked DJ to be my um, my co-captain at first, but then Chuck asked, and AI asked him, and I knew AI now, how well do y'all know be available every game. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Mm-hmm. How well do y'all know uh, uh, Rashad? I drafted Rashad, Rashad in, uh, with Kevin McHale in, in Minnesota. How well do y'all yeah. know Rashad? I've gotten to know him a little bit over the, um, since we decided to do this. Um, okay. All right. You know, I don't, um, Shotty, good s- dude. S- some questions different. about his um, decisions that he's made over That's the all. years. Yeah, um, but a few questions all. over this yeah. little um, this little snitching allegation. To, <laughs> oh, I don't even know NCAA. about this. Oh, yeah, um, yes, yes, I do. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I know. So that lingering know. thing. But he, like I said, listen, dude. hey, Rex, I told him like this, Rex. Hey, they ain't got nothing to do with what I'm trying to do right now. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I'm trying no, to win. They ain't got nothing to do with the way he play basketball. Uh, and he can play. He can play. Definitely. Hey, yep. let me let me I'm ask with... you something, Demar, because we, we're almost out of here. Real quick, we got about a a, a minute and f- we got 90 seconds. How did you get hooked up with the AI team? Like AI, you, you're cool with AI. Yeah, yeah me and me, AI's become really close since he um he, he came to Denver. We were all together with, you know, there. Kmart. Yeah, we, we were all there together. Yeah. And um. A lot of guys was hurt. Um, no, Kenya was hurt, and Melo and Jr. They were suspended. And me, AI was really together all the time. Oh, and we DeMar need a full. Was, yeah, Demar was playing with for his boy uh, George. They oh, tight. It's, it's your man, Rex. Tight. <laughs> it's your guy. Yeah, man. It is my guy. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, Rex. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get ready to wrap this up. Hang hang out for a second. All right. This is the NBA on TuneIn. Demar, thank you for rocking with us. Uh, Kenyon Martin. Yes, sir. Rex Chapman. We had the great Kenny Anderson, the iconic oh, New York Kenny. point guard. Nice. Yeah, he was on here early. Um, his film is opening up. Mr. Chibs. We'll be back next week and all through the playoffs. Rex, thanks for joining us. Enjoy live fellas. at the finals. Michael Rappaport, Kenyon Martin, the two-man weave, confrontational two. Keep rocking the NBA on tune in all playoffs. We out. Thank you for listening to the two-man weave podcast with your hosts, Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Listen to the show live weekdays from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern.